podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Liverpool beat Burnley by four goals to two. This is the Anfield Wrap. I am Neil Atkinson. We are in association with Reds Bet. If you are interested in that sort of thing, and it is the week of Cheltenham, first and foremost, we had some stuff on uh, the weekend. If you haven't heard it, listen to it about Cheltenham, and we'll be having stuff every single day on Talking Reds through our YouTube channel. If you haven't even checked that out in general, do so. Loads of fantastic stuff on that, uh, the Anfield Wrap. But Reds Bet, if that is for you, and regardless, always gamble responsibly. I have got Ian Ryan, Joel Richards, and Gareth Roberts for the Reds to talk about Liverpool. For Burnley too. Gareth, Liverpool had every excuse to feel sorry for themselves. Early contentious goal conceded. Unbelievable weather. The elbows and the endlessness of Burnley Football Club, and yet they stood tall. They did not feel sorry for themselves. They won the game. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it was, uh, as you say, loads of reasons where it could have been difficult, not least um, an early goal for Burnley that should have been chalked off. So you can feel sorry for yourself about that. But also as well, that, that you think when you know you've seen enough games like that where you go that's played into their hands they're going to be absolutely made up to have an early goal to put nine fellas behind the ball and just sit there and go come on and that's that's something you've seen Liverpool at times this season at times last season at times at times forever struggle to get through at times when teams do that and I think any 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 team does because you know if you get organised and you're well drilled you can stop teams and that's that's what you thought Burnley were going to set out to do once they, they got that early goal but as it was Liverpool kept finding a way despite the weather and I, I think we've got to really mention the weather as well I know like some people lose their head over mentioning weather but it, it's really mad that you do because the weather was fucking wild like <laughs> like I, I know loads of people who ran the, the half marathon oh yesterday. god yeah shout out to them and like oh my god because Steph etc yeah I, I, I seen there was one lad I know when he, he tweeted about it when he finished and he basically said turned on to like Otterspool prom and he said it was just full blast in your face and he said I've never heard so many people simultaneously say fucking hell at the same time <laughs> and, and they were trying to run in it and our lads were trying to run it and control the ball um, and, and it, you know you had hail you had rain you had sunshine you had wind wind that changed direction during the match by the way at Once, times during a pass yeah, it felt like, like there was one pass that like flew out of play because the wind caught it and then a pass was played in the same direction later on to Mo and it, it spun in the wind and went backwards and it was like it's fine for the manager to reference this because it's fucking hard to play footy in well as someone who ran his first half marathon five years ago in that type of weather I totally agree and, and going on to that the last five miles I just went oh shit <laughs> like just running down there so I my sympathies were with anyone who's running that half marathon yesterday a couple of mates of mine did and just yesterday I was just sitting there in that ground thinking why the fuck have I come home to this weather? <laughs> I, I, sorry, lads, but I have not missed this weather at all. And I'm glad I've only got one more. The hail, the hail was enormous. Like, yeah. I, the, I've seen there's hail and there's hail. It was enormous balls of hail, Joel. I, it, did, it does make a difference. And I think that, you know, again, this is a reason to praise Liverpool. Liverpool just, the, the, insofar as anyone can, they just get on with this. Yeah, we rolled it out. And I think that's that, that's a testament to the players and to the managers, yeah, that, like, you know, I know Klopp's been big on the wins and he gets a lot of flack from rival supporters who go, oh, why, why's he give, he's used every excuse in the book? And by the way, if he's haven't seen that song already from a certain group of fans coming back from a 3-2 defeat on Saturday, we're singing about Klopp and his excuses in the way. But anyway, um, 
Not that it was massive. God, yeah, my mules up and everything in the ground. I was just like shaking, shaking like a shit on dog. I was going, oh my God, just can't be doing it. Can't live with this. It was and, freezing. And fair play to them, honestly, right? You know, the way sometimes, like I was sitting right uh, right down on row seven in the lower Cameron, and, you know, the ball, it actually stopped at times. Mm. There's no play. Why not? I was trying to get a hold of it. Couldn't get a hold of it. The Burnley defenders, Tarkovsky and me, they couldn't get rid of it. And even in the second half, when it was a bit sunny, no, Van Dijk and Matip, you know, how they dealt with that fair play to the lads, honestly. People were going up for headers, shading their eyes. Shading their eyes as it's going up because the sun just from nowhere is suddenly ridiculously high in the sky. Uh, and the kickoff time as well around that. Ian, last little bit on the weather, although it does impact everything, is I, one of the things I like with the weather is sometimes you see some players go, it's mad as it then, sound. I'm going to really get stuck in. I think you saw that from Firmino. I think you saw it from Lallana. I think that it was almost as though it's absolutely crazy, is it? All right, yeah, let's really enjoy this and see what we can use it for. No, I agree with the boys there. I mean, it was no fun to drive in, let alone fucking play 14 or run a marathon in. So, fair play to the lads. You're right to reference certain players, I think, got acclimatised to it. Lalana was definitely one of those. Firmino too. Um, I think it might be mentioned on the post-match show, but there was a pl- couple of players, I think Van Dijk tries a couple of big diags and then realises they ain't finding a man, so I'll stop doing that. Um, Trent was probably one who, who didn't quite get accustomed first to the half, weather. Yeah. First half, he's putting a lot of high balls and it it probably wasn't the way to go anyway, given Burnley are so strong in terms of an, an aerial kind of coverage I suppose with me and Tarkovsky both big lads both love a, a challenge in the air but you know, you're right to reference it Neil I thought like certainly Van Dijk certainly your Firmino's of this world your Lallana's they got used to it pretty quickly um, On the whole game Ian the early goal it's easy to say galvanise the side you don't actually get to know because you don't get a control experiment we don't get to see another version without the early goal you know what I mean but uh, Liverpool's response to it was was terrific and without ever playing brilliantly the football was an ace but they really put tons of pressure on Burnley I think that we're you know we used to describing great football as football that cuts sides apart whereas Liverpool just just pinned Burnley back and just disrupted them and disrupted them and disrupted them until you got the like Burnley players are turning around trying to work out where they're meant to be you know what, I was I was delighted with the performance to be honest because there were so many things there that could have stopped Liverpool from, from getting a win. You, know, you referenced the early goal and I think that does help us because it does galvanise us a bit. We feel a bit hard done by and you see how Alisson reacts to the goal, he's absolutely fucking fuming and it was a foul, there's no doubt about it. I mean, in the current climate of how football is played, you get that foul every time. Goalies always get that foul every time. So there was no doubt it, it kind of, it gives a little bit of a kick up the arse, I suppose. And I, I think, you know, 12 o'clock doesn't lend itself great to footy. But I thought the Reds, they, they reacted really, really well. And we do pin Burnley back. And as I say, overall, it was a, I thought it was a really, really good performance. And if you think, if you look at other, if you look at other teams who've won titles, you can't just win titles and win football matches in, in one way. You know, we look at some of those Arsenal teams that have won titles, the Chelsea team as well. They could handle any condition, any type of opponent, and Liverpool get tested there to the absolute maximum. Because Burnley, Burnley play all right as well. That's the thing. You've got to, you got know, Burnley don't turn up and just roll over. They make a real game of it, and that goal gives them a boost. And they think, right, we got something to cling on to here. You see, the next ten, they take loads of time over throwings, loads of time over free yeah. kicks, to going down, grabbing a minute or whatever they can, just stop Liverpool getting that momentum. Funny when Dice was moaning about time wasting later on, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How much fucking moan does he do, by the way? Um, but no, Liverpool find a way, and that was the most pleasing thing, really. Um, it wasn't a case of heads down, it was very much heads up, and you know, you see someone like Lallana who come to the fore, and I thought his performance was great. Uh, they were excellent, I thought, Joel, from 15 to 30. You know, within there, Firmino gets his goal. When it comes, it felt like it's just started to... It's You've shifted a little bit from, I'm worried we're not going to get something here, to, all right, something's coming, and then it, and that's when the goal comes. Uh, and then 
Liverpool are making it 2-1. It was the most Liverpool are making this 2-1 scenario I'd seen for a while. They actually arguably take the foot off the gas a little bit after they make it 2-1, but they are all over Burnley saying we are getting in 2-1 by half-time. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, in my opinion, I felt the first 15 minutes was in both halves were bad. But like we'll come to that later, I'm sure. But like after, after we rolled out the 15 minutes in each half, first half in particular, like you said, got the equaliser. And then instead of the narrative being this has got all the hallmarks of Liverpool slipping up, losing, or, or even just drawing, at, you know, at worst. It's gone from being, right, we're 1-1, one, one, we're going to get back into this now. We're going to stamp our authority on the game. We're going to go 2-1 up. We went 2-1 up. And then from there, we consoled it then. No, at, at any point, I didn't really feel like after we went 2-1 up that, oh, we're going we're gonna to blow this. Even when it went to 3-2 late on in the night, it was like, I felt... We're going to ride this out. Okay, it was a bit nervy, a bit jangly at the end, but we rolled it out, obviously got the fourth as well. But that first half in particular, I think they should, you know, every player, the, how, how they performed and how they responded to going behind was fantastic. And I'd say it's even one of the, one of the best moments of the season. It, it, Gareth, the second goal sort of epitomises so much of what had been good in the run-up to the second goal. You know, Lallana, they're, they're under some pressure, they're clearing the lines, they're hurried, Lallana reads it. Fantastic tackle. Salah, without being brilliant, forces it, uh, makes them have to do something. And the finish is just tremendous from Manny. It's, mm. It is the goal that sort of sums up the 20 minutes that have preceded it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that, that moment from Lallana, I've seen some people sort of trying to discredit his performance, which I'm a bit... I don't really get what that's about. Like, I don't really get why, if you're a Liverpool fan, you, you, you know, you're going to great lengths to to dial down what he did because you know look I was one of the people that walking up to the ground when he heard he was in the team I didn't understand it and, and I was moaning to my mates um, you know I'm not going to pretend I wasn't and you know and I was saying I don't I don't get why he's in there ahead of the likes of Shaqiri or ahead of Keita um, and I, you know I was saying like, he hasn't even scored a goal since like you know Middlesbrough on the last day of the season the other year and I just, you know, I was having a proper moan about it on the way off. And then, you know, he started the game and he looked fit, he looked fresh. He was running he was running everywhere. And, you know, I, I see loads of people sort of quoting stats and stuff. Great. But it's not all about stats. I think, I think you know, the endeavour he's shown, just the sort of, the effort he put in, how far he was running back to put tackles in. He was all over the pitch. You know, that was impressive. And, and I think as well, it, it sounds to just like be made up for mm. one of your players. Yeah. Because he's had like a Plays night- for Liverpool, he's, that, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, yeah. Had, he's had a nightmare 18 months through two years. He's got on the pitch. He's contributed. You know, he, he celebrated that moment, that tackle that, that ended up leading to the goal, like he'd scored himself. And so to me as a Liverpool fan, that's hard not to enjoy. And I certainly wasn't going to get home and start like pulling up stats to say how shite he'd been. And yet some people were. And I just, you know, we all support Liverpool in different ways and we're different people. But I just find that a little bit weird, to be honest with you. Thought he was great, ran himself into the ground and, um, you know, was chugging when he got subbed and, you know, rightly got a big round of applause from everyone as well. And I think he's been given man of the match by some outlets. And again, that was sort of decried on social media by some fans. Why? But your cool. point there, I think it's okay to question things like team selection. Oh, yeah, that's, what, that's what we do yeah. with fans, yeah. isn't it? So there's nothing wrong with that. If a lad then delivers a performance like that, then you should celebrate that surely. It, 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 it's, it's, it's madness, really. And I think, you no, know, my take on the Lana, I... You know, I'll be honest, like you were then, I think he probably should have been sold and moved on and upgraded on in the summer, but... There's still a question, and still a question mark over it, but he's 30 years old, he's got to do that regularly. Absolutely, but if you look at that performance in isolation, 
you can't say anything other than it well was in. a tremendous performance yeah. and he had a massive impact on Liverpool it's, winning that football match it's, it's a performance that's basically saying listen I've worked hard in training all week for this and he's probably worked harder than the likes of Shaqiri and Keita that's why he's, he started yesterday yeah. you know he's probably gone to Klopp all, all week and saying listen I'm up for this I'm ready for this I want this and he's fighting against the dying embers of you know, his career basically at Liverpool, isn't he? You know, it, there, there could be a possibility he might move on in the summer, there might not be, he might hang around as a squad player. And it was just a little reminder, listen, I'm still here, I'm still going to give me all for this team. And whenever the, I get the chance, I'm going to work my bollocks off, and he did. And that's what, that was the Alana performance that we saw under Klopp when he first came in. That felt like you say, the first 18 months under Klopp, I think he was one of our best players. I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but this is part of, you know, my don't really follow football accounts on Twitter anymore so I don't know they could be saying anything fair play to them uh, but there is a there is a don't laugh you know mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm happy with what I've got uh, to be honest with you there is but there is a, it's for me on the selection I was a bit like alright yeah let's have a little look and see how this is but you know it's one of them where he's the manager's took a gamble Gareth but it's alright that it pays off and, and we get to say yeah it's paid off that the lad plays well in the afternoon and it's difficult to argue I'd have thought with the fact that he plays really well It's it's it, and it's alright that he plays really well because he plays for Liverpool yeah, yeah. And, and also as well I think all the time you've got to think about sort of the dynamics of the management and, and what, what you know selecting one person and leaving someone else does you know what what it does psychologically and things like that so you know Klopp was quoted on you know Klopp was asked about it after the game and I thought the quote was good I've got it he says we had a long training week and we had a lot of sessions and I said at the beginning of the week it's possible to show up and he said we play a lot of times with 12, 13 and 14 players so it's important the boys know that Adam used that not only Adam but especially him and it was clear that if he played like he trained then he could help us a lot and that's how it happened said he's good on the ball and he's a pretty aggressive boy as well the counter press is a game changer and it's a brilliant thing that he did in that moment it didn't look promising until Adam jumped in but that's like so that's that sent a big message out hasn't it to, to Keita yeah. to Shaqiri to Lallana Sturridge, well. Origi yeah, yeah. You, like, you, know, you can all get involved, boys. You know, there's still, there's still Dexy lots Lovren of games. Dexie Lovren, if he's had his And so, you know, maybe he's done it for that reason a little bit as well, but he's thought he's fit enough to contribute. It's Burnley at home. Like he says, you know, he, he's good on the ball. He takes care of the ball mostly. Um, but he has got that little bit of aggression. He has got that drive. And I think it's, it, you know, it, it's been said a lot of before, but it set a tone. Set a tone how he was trying to win well, that ball. On the tact- tactically, Joel, mm. it was it, it was similar to Milner against Watford where there's loads and loads of, of vertical running so I think that you saw and you get to see you know there's there's other players who are more comfortable I think Wijnaldum and, and Henderson and Fabinho to some extent are all happier uh, Fabinho now plays where he plays as well pretty regularly but I think that Wijnaldum and Henderson are happier I think Diagonal running, we'll say. Diagonal football, maybe, mm. rather than sort of vertical, charging you down, getting stuck in, wanting to join midfield and attack. I think that when Alderman Henderson's best football this year has been at pure midfielders. And that's why it's interesting for me. It's as much attack, you know, the, talk, the manager's talking about training, he's using it to talk about training. But there is also a tactical thing there where he'll have looked at what Milner does against Watford, looked at the fact that we've got Burnley at home next, and he's probably thinking, out of everything I've seen this week, who's best to do a version of that? And he ends up with Lallana. Yeah, and, and you know, he's, he's obviously looked at it insane and I. As you say, you know, he's had a full week of training, which is very rare for, for Liverpool, isn't it? You know, they, they've had a full week to prepare. So, right, we're focusing everything on Berlin. We haven't got no other distractions. And the fact that you've took Milner out and you put the liner in, you know, he's just basically like 
he's towards the carrier, isn't he? He's got like, you no, know, as you say, you've got the other midfielders who are diagonally running. They're a bit further back. You know, yesterday you'll have Fabinho and Wijnaldum more sitting really than you. And then the Lions have more of a free role to sort of go at it, to be, be the main man behind the front three and to kick things on from there. And he's just sort of, you know, he's, he's basically took that game by the scruff of the neck. And especially up against the Burnley side, who play 4 4 2, it's it. It ended up to the big lads, and you know you're getting in between the lines there. He was, uh, I think, the right to reference that kind of almost that link man between midfield and attack, and I think that's something Liverpool have probably missed quite a bit in recent games, certainly in away games. And I think you know, I, I was just delighted with his performance. I think you're right, Rob. You, 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 sorry, Neil. When you talk about that link man, what I, one of the things that I think is difficult for all of us as supporters when you talk to me about the link between midfield and attack, I think of. I think they're really silky footballers. That's not to have a conversation about whether or not Lallana's silky, but like mm. your classic sort of number 10 style. Mm. You get me on the ball, I'll waltz past a couple, I'll, I'll feed a little through ball through. Milner and Lallana's performances against Watford and Burnley, they've very much been the link men. But it's not, you know, it, it's not Pablo Aymar. No. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, Silver. it's not David Silva. Yeah. It's something else. It's something quite different, isn't it? And I think that that's something, and I do think that this feeds into sort of a wider debate is, listen, we'd all theoretically like silkier football at times. You can have that chat. But I think it's difficult, isn't it, sometimes to go, well, there's, there's more than one way to do this. Mm. You haven't got to do it in that mm. conventional manner. And I think that's what you've seen from Milner and Lana, and arguably what you didn't see from any of the midfield three or anyone who came on in the Merseyside derby. I think that's fair. But I think also, when you look at the other attributes that Lallana and Miller bring, they work really hard as well, and they are very, very adept at taking on instruction from the manager from a defensive point of view. And I think that's where maybe he's looked at Shakiri and Kite and thought, "Do I trust you completely from a defensive point of view?" I'm not so sure he does. I think Robbo's point about a message to other players is absolutely right. And I think as fans, sometimes we just judge these players as you rightly would do because we only see them 90 minutes, once a week, maybe twice a week. But the manager's got them every day every single day and he knows what they're, they're offering in training and if they're taking on board what he's asking of them and he's operating a meritocracy at some point he's got to say here's your chance or how does it work because if a player gives his all and is doing absolutely everything over a number of weeks and months and they never get an opportunity that can't sit well with, with, with players in the squad so at some point he's got to give them that, that opportunity to get into the first team that's what he does with Lalana, and Lalana pays him back well it's just only a week ago Ian you know like in the away end of Goodison when Lalana's number comes up and he's coming on there's a collective like oh fucking hell why is he coming on like and I know one mate of mine in particular he absolutely can't stand Lalana. he was absolutely losing his head over it and he's just like if you were going off that alone and even the performance that Lalana subsequently gave you'd be like no way should he start against Burnley. No. You'd be thinking, yeah, get a Shakiri and get a Cater in. You know, why aren't they coming on? And then, like, for the performance, for him to come from that basis and then to give the performance that he gave yesterday, you know, it gives you then another thinking. You're thinking, well, actually, you know, he's not that bad. It's not that bad a selection at all. You know, when it's a kick up the arse, for not just him, but a kick up the arse. You have to give the manager huge credit, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It's a brave, de it's a brave decision. Is there something else, Gareth, where we, again, talk about sort of shifting mentalities and how difficult that can be for all football supporters at times? That you look at this Liverpool side, it's fair to say, goalkeeper, first name on the team sheet, Van Dijk, um, from everything we've seen through the season, Van Dijk Robertson playing every game. The manager may, if he was sitting here, say it's not quite as straightforward on the right-hand side between Gomez, Trent, um, Lovren, and even Matip now. But, you know, not quite as straightforward there. But that's a pretty solid three on that left-hand side. Up front, we know it's front three or it's front three. They're his boys. They're the three lads who, if they're fit, no matter what shape's going to get played, those three will start. Maybe Fabinho is now in the category of these players. You'd think, you know, he may well have got himself there. But do we sort of need to accept 
that he is going to rotate in that yeah. midfield. He's going to rotate every game in that midfield. I was going to say that because you think back to when, you know, think back across the, the time he's been the manager. And I think there was a time where he, he tried to just play the best lads as much as possible and they ran out of steam. And then I think, you know, by his own admission, he, he, he saw that that was a problem, changed tact and then became the manager that rotated the most. And then I think what we've seen this season is that at times maybe his arms being up his back a little bit in terms of injuries and form and things like that. But I think what he's trying to do, you know, business end of the season, but I think he's trying to involve as many of the lads as possible and get something out of them. Because I think that's why you've suddenly seen Origi get involved, now you've seen Lalana get involved, you'd even see Sturridge get on the pitch when I think me included again, you were saying, I think we've seen the last of him now, yeah. I think that's it. And then he comes on, plays a beautiful assist and you think, oh hello, you can contribute something at the right time in certain games. And that's what management is, isn't it? You know, It's using all these players, it's using the squad. You know, I hear people all the time, even like... <laughs> Even the fair blue noses, they do exist, you know. Um, the, a fair blue nose was saying to me yesterday, you know, Liverpool have the title won in, a, in any other season, really, if, obviously, if they're not up against City. And he's like, but City's strength and depth is unbelievable. And he said, and that, that's, that's, that's your problem as, from Liverpool's point of view. And that is, that is Klopp's problem. But what he's trying to do is solve that problem by involving these lads so all of a sudden now you know you'll look at the line and, and okay he's probably not going to play three four five on the spin and be brilliant in them all but what he is now is a player that you think he could have a little impact here and there and it just changes the mindset a little bit around around that player all of a sudden it's i've long thought that Klopp, when he came over joel i wonder whether or not there's i think there's been three or four things that's been that people haven't quite got onto. I think the first thing is that Klopp's realised from the minute he's arrived that at some point he's going to have to do battle with Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Mm. And if you see every decision that Klopp's made pretty much since he's arrived through the lens of a man who knows at some point he's going to have to go toe-to-toe with Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, it makes an unbelievable amount of sense. An example of that, but it's not the only one, is waiting for Van Dijk. He waits for Van Dijk because he knows if he's going to have a chance to deal with Pep Guardiola's City, getting a centre-half in who's 8.5 out of 10 and paying a fortune for him, or getting a centre-half in who's 9 and a half out of ten and paying a little bit more and being patient well I need to do that I need the nine and a half ten out of ten one because the only way we beat these is if we look like we can get a hundred points but I think there's something else he's done and I always cite them you know I think he's looked at what's been successful in English football and I think he's looked back to like United from sort of from the t- from about oh seven oh eight where you know they had Rooney and they had Tevez and they had Ronaldo Berbatov as well and and well Berbatov arrives after that but oh seven oh eight I've just got the stats in front of me because it's helpful and I've just got them up so Ronaldo gets forty nine appearances all comps oh seven oh eight Rooney gets forty three all comps um, Tevez gets forty eight all comps so that's his front three Ferguson they play every game but then you look down. And Hargreaves gets 34 all comps. Anderson and a lot of sub appearances. Anderson 38 double figure sub appearances. Giggs 43 double figure sub appearances. Park gets 18. Uh, Carrick 39 uh, double figure sub appearances. Nanny 26 double figure sub appearances. Skulls 30. Fletcher 11 starts 13 sub appearances. My point is Ferguson in this season is midfield rotates. His midfield rotates, but he's got his front three lads who are belters. And I do wonder if there are huge similarities. Yeah, I think there are. Now, now you've m- mentioned the numbers there, especially in their midfield, because I think if you've got our stats up for this, for this season, if you went and looked at our midfield in particular, you'd get similar numbers. Like in terms of the Premier League, the only other presence have been Alisson, Van Dijk and Salah. And we all know they're the first names on the team sheet, as we, as we mentioned earlier. But yeah, if you, if you went and got our stats up for this season, 
you'd probably find similar numbers. You'd have to front three or on like, you know, X amount of games. Uh, when Aldum's had a lot of games, but he's even yeah. cited after this game, Joel, he said when Aldum looks tired. And that's really interesting to me that he's come out and gone when Aldum looks tired. Apart from that, they've all been in and out a little bit. Mm. And you said on Friday, didn't you? You, you were expecting Wayne Aldum to be rested. And I was going along with that saying of thoughts because I was thinking, you know what, actually, yeah, I, th- I think if, it, if I was Klopp, I would have been resting Wayne Aldum yesterday. But obviously, he's gone with him. So now maybe it's it's a question for Wednesday. Is he going to start in Munich? I mean, you'd, I'd like to think he would, but if he is looking tired, then you're going to have to hook him. You're going to have to give him a little night off and go, listen, I know it's Bayern Munich, but you're going to have to miss this one out because you're looking knackered. And then like even at the start of the season, apart from Wolves, we were one of the fewest um, team changes. I think we didn't change it, make a change at all until the fourth game in at Leicester. And then like even between then and, and like say end of October up until Oldersfield away, we only made quite a few changes for that where the line starts. You know, we weren't making that many changes to the lineup. It was the odd Shakiri coming in or Matip coming in or Lovren coming in. It, it was it was pretty consistent in the first half of the season. Uh, just to further extend my point here, um, Ian, uh, Evera, 48 all comps, uh, Ferdinand, 51 all comps, whereas Brown, four, 52 all comps, four sub-appearances, <clears throat> and Nemanja Vidic, 45 all comps, John O'Shea gets on the pitch 38 times for United in this season, uh, a lot of it are sub-appearances. It does look to me, you can you can match that up pretty well with this Liverpool side and this Liverpool approach. Midfield changes, it stays energetic, it does everyone's running for it, but the defence and the attack, there's a lot of consistency. Absolutely, and when you look at some of those midfielders, there are similarities, there's a lot of facilitators in there, as opposed to lads who get on the ball and, and kind of, you know, like City have got your De Bruyne's and your Silvers and your Bernardo Silvers, there's a lot of facilitators in there, so you can make comparisons, and again with the centre-halves as well, I thought... Yesterday at set centre half, I mean Van Dyke was his usual imperious self. I thought Joe Matter had a, one of those games again similar to Eccleston Park where he was he was struggling a little bit. And I said something on the team talk show the other day where I think there's two things at play. Van Dyke and he's capable of getting 15, 20 percent out of anyone and dragging players up to another level. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, you end up comparing people to Van Dyke. And that doesn't mm. do anyone any favours at all. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You're talking about Joel Matip and at times he can be the absolute opposite. You see Van Dyke and he's he's so aggressive and he can handle any type of footballer. So whether the lads diminutive and fast, Van Dyke can handle him. If it's Troy Deeney, bring something totally different, he can handle him. But I think Matip has got obvious weaknesses. Do you think he has to work a game out a bit more? That's one of the things I keep seeing from Matip. Like he, I think he's he's often decent twenty five to forty five, but it's been a bit weird till twenty five. That's fair. I, th- I think it is, yeah, and I think I think I think that is fair. And I think obviously the certain type of opponents that maybe don't suit him. So you see, yesterday it's Chris Chris Ward, it's Ashley Barnes, two physical lads, and it doesn't phase Van Dyke because he's got that aggressionism in him. But I don't think Matip has. And you see times yesterday where he's waiting for the ball to come to him as opposed to going to meet it and challenge for it. You see him do it in the air as well. Um, but certainly those two lads who like to rough you up, I don't think that's a natural fit for Matip and how he plays his game. I think the derby was like that for him last week. It was a bit weird in part, but I, I thought personally that he actually got through it okay. I thought he was at, he actually gave a decent performance of himself. Man's like got man the match by far, but I thought Matip alongside him wasn't that bad. I'm not saying he was great, but he wasn't that bad. Do you think he makes his teammates a little nervous, Gareth? I've been sort of thinking about this recently, whether or not Liverpool, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not Liverpool are jittery and all of this sort of stuff. I've been wondering whether or not it's in part something with, where with Matip, 
I think it's probably fair to say he is the fourth choice centre back. Mm. I think that squad will know better than we know whether or not he's the fourth choice centre back, and so that makes you makes you think differently. How could you not? You're a professional footballer trying to win the biggest honour of, of your career. So I I do wonder whether or not there is a little bit of, of of him at times maybe infectiously sort of his own early jitters can spread. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I'd still put look at it in the context yesterday of saying you know, yeah, Burnley score two goals, but that's it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there was no real time during the game where I was really, really worried about what Burnley were doing. I think they're the only two shots they have. Um, but in, 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 for Matip, I think he's another one of those where now Gomez has grown even more in stature while he's been injured. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, we, we all rated them anyway, of course. We did, he, he did fantastically. But while he's been away, you, 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 Counting down the hours and the days until he until he returns, basically, and and like, I really, you know, I think it's a great shame for the lad that he's he, he suffered these injuries time and again, and hopefully it isn't a pattern that continues through his career. Because if we can get him on the pitch more often than not, him and Van Dyke is a totally different prospect. And I think to say, you know, I, I think if we're looking ahead to the summer and we're looking ahead to transfers and stuff like that, I, I don't think it'd be any great surprise if Liverpool do some some business at centre half because I don't think. I don't think you can fully rely on Matip. I would still say you can't fully rely on Lovren as well. I think he's done done better at times, looked better when he's with Van Dijk, as Ian mentioned before. But I'd still like, like us to, to go well, the first, the first Lovren problem, it's not his performance, it's his attendance. Yeah, another one of them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and it's the same around Gomez, you know, real talent, but, but he's got that pattern of injury now. Same with Lovren. Lovren just seems to like bang his head on his way out of the door or something, <laughs> and he's not included. Um, and then, yeah, Matip, Matip's never fully convincing, is he? I know what you all mean. I, I actually don't think he's been that bad recently. He's been, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's playing, he's playing centre half for yeah. a team at the top. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's all, all, all exactly. So I, I, I almost think like, I feel like it's become a thing for some people, Matip. And, and like, you know, like Lalana could maybe have become a thing yesterday. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, I've seen a lot of people, me included, you know, praising him, saying how good he did and all that. I think maybe, you know, during a football match, you, your eyes are drawn to certain players for certain reasons. And I think, I, you know, you're drawn to Lalana because you probably went into the ground if you were like me thinking, well, what the fuck's he going to do here? And then you're watching him and you're noting mentally every time he does do something. And so then you get to half time or you get to full time, you're talking to your mates over a pint and you go, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah. And you can remember all the reasons why. Yeah. Whereas like when you're when you use use it all high like Matip, I can't really think a load I know I know he shouldn't have conceded that corner. I can remember that. But then I, loads of stuff isn't coming to mind where he where I thought he was he was dog shit. Do you know what I mean? Well a couple of things yesterday by where where I was sitting in the lower Cameron, and my mates included. Absolutely having kittens. The first thing Matip does in the match, probably jumping up, effing and blinding. I'm like, normally that's me. And I'm, I was like sitting here going, lads, mm. calm down, come on. Like, you know, you're, you're all getting anxious and all getting, like, you know, worked up for no reason. But another thing, yesterday, they were the first goals we've conceded in over a month since West Ham away. Yeah. So, you know, all right, I know people love to pinpoint Alisson and Van Dyke for every time we keep a clean sheet, but listen. There's other lads in that back yeah, four. Yeah, there's other yeah. lads in that back mm. four. They're the, the units. You know, you, you keep yeah. clean sheets yeah. as a team as much as the individual. And then um, if we are going to start, if, if in the summer, if you said to me in the summer, right, you're going to get like X amount of money to sign one big marquee player, I'd go for the centre half. As much as I do like Gomez and I want Gomez to have this big partnership with Van Dyke. But if you want to cover your bets, me personally, I think if we've got like a 60, 70 million spare in the summer, go uh, all can out. Can I get a question on that? Because I'm really intrigued. So you're you're throwing our big our big marquee money on a centre half. Yeah, I've we've, got honestly. We've conceded the fewest goals in the country. I know. 
But I, I, it sounds mad saying that now that you've come for, said that to me. We've only conceded 17 in the league this season. But like, if I want that surety of we're going to have the same centre back pairing every week, so that's why I'd go for it. So, you, but your argument then, you've only conceded 17. We're on 30 yeah. games. Let's say we concede 24, hmm. which I don't think we will. But let's say we concede 24. Very few sides have ever conceded fewer than 20 ever. Ever. So you'd be basically paying your 80 million to move us from 25 conceded to say 18. Pause. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. I just think this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. when I, you get better and better, these are sort of like, mm. you know, like I could say, well, I'd do it on a centre forward. And then someone yeah. might say, well, to be honest with you, you, you what you do it on a centre forward, yeah, I would, yeah. Well, Salah's the second highest goal scorer in the country. Mane's the joint third highest goal scorer in the country. And Firmino's broke double figures. So what are you spending that money actually on? So I'm not, I'm not, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, we, I think we can do a, this right everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's a healthy debate. And I'm sure, like, you know, when the gutter shows that you're going to have between now and the end of the season, there's going to be a lot of discussion on it. But just it's, it was just a point that came into my mind yesterday that I just thought, you know what, actually... I mean, there's a lot of discussion now. Vera, you know, the midfield, whether we need another creative spark, like a Fakir, you know, whether we try and go back in for him or not. But just me personally, yeah. like if, if someone's saying yeah. to me, right, you're going into that transfer market in the summer, you can buy one big player, I just go, sorry, go and get another centre half. Okay. But uh, that's just not because we're desperate for one. Sorry, just my yeah, thought, yeah. that's just my own opinion. No, no, as I say, I'm just, as I, I think it's the case anywhere. I think anywhere you go, you can make an argument where you can go, mm. well, hang on. Well, there's the thing as well, isn't there, about like, sort of, and we'll be doing all this, no doubt, yeah. on shows as, as we go on. But like, you know, the argument as well about like, who comes and why do you come? We've seen it before. I think it was Brandt, wasn't it? Like, the, 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 the feedback we sort of got mm. back off that deal or potential deal was that he had a look and was like, not going to get in the side. I'm not coming, and and I think you might have a bit of that. You know, like certainly up. You know, if, if we're talking about players at the top end of the pitch, it's like, well, that front is always playing. So where am I getting the game? Tough sell. Spurs have the yeah. same issue, don't they? But I think end of the fence thing, and Neil makes a great point about you know goals conceded. The only time you'd maybe feel panicky or nervous is Van Dijk had to come off the team for a period of time, mm. and then all of a sudden, you know, you mentioned before, Robert Matip's doing okay. I think a lot of that doing okay is because he's next to Van Dijk. Yeah. If he suddenly had to go next to Lovren for a period of time, I'd be nervous. Going into some big football matches, I would be nervous. Um, one of me wants a Firmino, um, working through the game. It, and also not just not just Firmino, it's the full front three really, but a start with Firmino, Gareth. He he sort of, I think, takes takes Lallana's lead a little bit. You know, Lallana starts, I think, gets the team going a 1-0 a, a down. By the time it's 2-1 up, I think, you know, you can make an argument Firmino could be our, our best attacker. And I think throughout the whole of the game, it was, he gets his two number nine goals, two tappings, yeah. but he also does everything else that he does all over the pitch. Yeah, he was fantastic. He looked like he was really enjoying himself, and you know, who didn't enjoy the the double celebration thing he did as well? I mean, he, but that's what you want to see. I yeah. I want to see our footballers enjoying themselves, and it hasn't always felt like that in recent weeks. I, I think you know we've all done our best to talk ourselves into oh they're not feeling the pressure, and they're definitely not fucking bottling it because that's a load of bollocks that way. But but. I think maybe at times there has been bits we say saying. You maybe of, enjoy it less, wouldn't you? Yeah, Feeling like yeah, this, it feels like it's on the line. It feels a bit of a slog, and like, but I, I think I, I think you saw from Firmino against Burnley. There's a man enjoying his football, and there's a man that knows he can stamp his quality onto a football match as well. And he decided to do that, and that was brilliant to see. And he's got that little aggression in him as well. That little, you know, that Klopp talked about. Lalana's got it. Firmino's got it as well, and it does. It does set a tempo. And I think the way 
the way the whole team almost seemed to be going to him when he scored a goal as well was nice to see. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it feels like he's a popular fella, and rightly so. I mean, I wish I hung round with Bobby Firmino. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, to, just, <laughs> just to see some of that clobber, you know, up close um, and those teeth. Um, but yeah, he was he was on it, wasn't he? And, and, and again, that bodes well. I, I always look for stuff like that when I'm at the match. Just little signs that all is well. And I think we saw against Burnley that all is well. And we've got all these games coming up. We're going to Munich this week. We've got Fulham next week. I think it's massive as well, by the way, that we've got an opportunity here to go to the top of the league. Yeah. I know I know like we will have played the game more, but I just think psychologically there's a thing there where mm. City will be looking at it and going, for fuck's sake. I mean, I've seen some quotes from company before, and he was basically saying, we're all saying to each other, Liverpool are going to win every one of these games. Well, and, and that's good. That's good. That's good that they do. And I, I like that Klopp said as well. There's a message here from today, and that's that we're like we're not going away. We're here, and that's what we need to keep doing. And that, and, and everyone needs to be on that same page as well. Um, you know, I'm still see. Maybe I just need to fucking quit social media for a bit of something. <laughs> but honest to God, like get behind what we've got going on here because it's it's absolutely brilliant. Believe me, I've watched some absolutely turgid shit in 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 the Liverpool red down the years, and this isn't that. <laughs> And we've got every opportunity to be ending this season bouncing around the city holding the trophy. That's a great thing. You know when you've just said Sage it then, I've just fought a sort of night. In, 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 yeah, no, <laughs> I was too young for that. I was only in nappies. Um, right when you say when you say Sage it, well, um before every game, like in the job that I'm doing, like stats wise, you know, we get all these stat packs in. They always give you like opted give you the last ten seasons like where Liverpool were at this time in the last Fucking ten hell. seasons and Neil Gareth sends it. It's an absolute eye opener because this time like in the last ten seasons I was looking through it the other day and some of them seasons God they were dreadful yeah. and I can remember half of them because I was going to them going to them week in and them week out and we are absolutely flying above all of them. No, we were on sixty last this stage last this stage last season we were on sixty points. Yeah. Mm. We're 13 points better off And you know We were 21 points Behind City At this stage Last season Like Rod's We're one Behind yeah. them now uh, Just on your um, Firmino point there I thought he was great yesterday I have to say I think there's been times This season where he's not Quite hit the heights mm. But I loved his goals You know Proper number nine goals And when Solskjaer Talks about Marcus Rashford And the type of goals He should be getting He means them Yeah, Goals right in the penalty Six yard box Following up things Proper like Sniffing out opportunities I thought he was superb Yesterday Firmino But the thing with Firmino And with the, the rest of the front three Is that They want to beat their targets From last season Firmino got 27 goals In all comps At this time Now I think he's only got Like 13 maybe You know So he's looking at his head I'm not, I'm not nowhere near Where I want to be From last season Same with Mane Same with Sally They've all got their targets That they want to beat, you know. Manage close to beating is he's on he's on um, in all comps now. I think he's seventeen. Yeah. We got twenty in total. Salah's on twenty at the minute. You know, you, you're not telling me that the three of them are sitting there personally looking at Reds, thinking, right, I got X amount of goals last season. I want to beat that. And in the recent form, that for me, knows that you can sell it's got him down. And he, he's probably at home doubting himself, thinking, oh come on, I just need a goal. I need a goal from anywhere. And yesterday he gets two. I think that you know, Mane. I think the front three yesterday, Joel. I thought they, they all play really well without it being some sort of explosion, without it being all the pairing. Mm. If you know what I mean, I think that the three of them all have almost individually at times last season. The three of them collectively will play their nine out of ten games all at once, mm. and that makes them look like eleven out of ten. If you know what I mean. Whereas I thought yesterday they all probably got pretty close to a nine out of ten game. It just tended to not be literally in the same moments. But I think that all three of them play really, really well. Yeah, I think it's probably collectively. 
one of the best performances they've had all season because they haven't scored in that many games together compared to last season. But you could tell that, you know, even though Salah never got a goal, you know, he's, he's right at the heart of it. You know, he's involved in, in, in the first in three. Of the goal. Yeah, yeah, in the first three goals. You know, so you're, so, so he's looking at it thinking, well, I, well, I hope he's looking at it the, coming off the pitch thinking, well, all right, I didn't get a goal. But I feel like I'm getting there. There's, I'm so close to getting there. There's something in the in the three the three goals where in all three of them, Burnley are out of shape, making mistakes because they're so scared of Salah. Yeah. That you know that that oh that Salah's done something that that that, that gets at them. Heaton ends up in a bit of a mess because I think it's Mo Salah uh, running at him there. Um, I think that in both occasions Heaton ends up in a bit of a mess because of Mo Salah. The goal the the second one is Salah makes it happen by contesting that ball. You know, Ian, there's again. Talking about link men who aren't who aren't silky. There's ways of winning football matches and playing really well that at times aren't silky. Mo Salah's had three. I I think you can call all three of them assists, and not one of them smooth as silk. But all three mm. of them result in goals for Liverpool, and Liverpool win the game when the opposition score two goals. Absolutely, and I think that the manager will be conscious that you know Mo maybe Mo maybe feeling a little bit down that he hasn't been bagging recently, and that's why he singles him out for his performance yesterday. But I thought, you no, know, similar to the Watford game, maybe not quite reaching those heights. He was absolutely kind of central to what Liverpool were trying to do yesterday. He causes them no end of trouble, and he, you know you're right to reference the fact that you know because Burnley is so worried about Salah, it does offer opportunity and space for the other two and and that's obviously you know it helps with, with with getting the goals and stuff but I'm not too worried about Mo I think you know a lot will be said because he didn't score and and there are times where maybe his, his first touch isn't quite where it needs to be but I've mentioned that on previous shows what I love about him is he never hides he never ever hides he always shows and he's not one of those players if you know one or two things don't come off he suddenly stops doing it He'll keep doing it. He'll keep trying flicks. He'll keep trying to play his natural game in the hope that it will kind of come to the fore. And it and it did. And I thought all three of them yesterday were, were, were great and different parts of the game and for different reasons. And I have to say, you know, Sadio Mane for me, no, he really is kind of on the cusp of being a world class footballer. I think he, I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. And I think you know people will judge world class against the likes of Ronaldo's and your Messi's, but for me, Sadio Mane's given me everything I want to see from a a front three player yeah, I thought he was, he was I, think take, I think if you take Messi out he can, he, can, he can say he's as good as anyone I think if you take Messi out you've, got to, you've always got to take Messi out to be honest with you but I think right now he can say you know, he's, he's he's two goals off top scorer he hasn't taken a penalty I don't think he's taken a penalty for us no. this season no, in the hasn't. league um, he's two goals off top top goal scorer there he's absolutely coming alive at this stage of the and season he scored, he scored more than Sterling Hazard, Lacazette Lukaku, Son, Rashford and it's like it is. We. It's a little bit weird that he's like underrated. Not underrated. Probably over the top. But people don't talk about him that much in, in comparison to to Mo. In in comparison, even to Firmino at times, and he deserves all the credit in the world because I think I, I actually think he's re- he's really consistent as well. You you said before about how there hasn't been enough games for everyone's liking where all three of them have been on it. Marnie's been on it loads. Marnie's well, been I'd on say it consistently loads. he's been the best out of front three yeah. all season, to be honest. Uh, and you you would not want to defend against him because he's got so much in his lock. He's got that bit of aggression. He can take it on. He's got strength. His finishing's fantastic, as we saw again yesterday, although I don't know how he missed the one where he slid in, but it was just one of them, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, Robertson's still fuming about that, isn't he, as well? <laughs> <laughs> but... He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And like I said, I've just mentioned all those players that seem to get loads and loads and loads of praise and deserve. You know, some of them deserve it, and the the great players. But you know, when I, I had a night out, night out with some of my mates over the weekend, and we were talking about Sterling and how good he is, and talking about when he left Liverpool and would you have him back and all that kind of stuff. 
And I was like, I'd have him back. But he's not I'm, He's not better than Mane. He's not better than Mane. I'd have Mane. You know what I mean? He, he scored more goals than Mane. Eh, sorry, he's, he scored more goals than Sterling. He's an absolute handful, as I say. I'd have Mane. Look, look, at, his, look at his performance against Watford where he plays central. He's absolutely phenomenal mm. that night. So I think with Mane, you talk about a footballer who's extremely flexible as well. He can go left, he can go right, he can go yeah. through the middle, and he's just as good tonight. His uh, goal's lovely there. Yeah. Mm. That first one's. And even the second one, like he goes quite well. Like I read a report before from the game, I was reading, reading through a few of them. One of them described it as a simple finish. And I was thinking, oh, is it, mate? You, you, you buried that then. Yep, uh, all excellent points. Uh, Mbappe, by the way, has got 24. Um, he's so, not bad. Uh, so let's bear that in mind. <laughs> well, just one uh, thing on Mane as well. He's close to beating the club record, scoring in consecutive home games. Yeah. Sal- Salah got, I think it was like seven successful home games last season, but I think the record's around eight, maybe nine, or a bit further than that. So, Aldridge? Well, is Aldridge, I think. Possibly, yeah. So, you know, and um, and the fact that he's only, he hasn't played through, through the centre that often just shows you... That goal that's in is just fantastic. Mm. Uh, next little thing then, I uh, want to just move along. Firstly, Van Dijk against Wooden Barnes was just dead funny um, in that they were taking turns to have a go. I think it was interesting if you wanted to to, to, to get stuck into the tactics um, side that they actually go at Van Dijk a bit more than most sides do. Most sides think themselves, let's keep let's let's let's, let's ignore the massive six foot six fella and uh, and do our business somewhere else. But Wooden Barnes both all do have a go. They don't get very far, but you know, <laughs> fair play to them for trying. Um, I think that's trying to pin Robertson back maybe from Burnley's point of view. Make Robertson. Murray, but Gareth, I thought Robertson was terrific, and you know the the, the fun to watch in the ground Van Dyke and Robertson because there's there's an ongoing exchange of views there between mm. the pair of them. Uh, they do very much have it's, it's a long chat they have for ninety minutes basically, and he, and each has very much got a view on what the other one's doing. Yeah, and it is it doesn't quite go the way you'd expect, which is Robertson does what Big Virgil tells him. Robertson very much does give it back to him, but the pair of them are just such a great unit on that yeah. side of the pitch. It's phenomenal stuff. Yeah, I mean they've they've got so much in the locker, haven't they? And and you're right to say that you know Burnley. Did have a bit of a go there, and 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 tried to sort of get physical with with Virgil, which is quite funny to watch because I think one of them ends up on the deck ultimately <laughs> from it, uh, which I'm not sure was was to- a fucking terminated. <laughs> not, <laughs> not sure it was totally an accident that one, but uh, but yeah. no, I mean you know they're fantastic. They're like they're, they're linchpins, aren't they? In, in this current side, and you know so much of it is built on a bit of controlled aggression and and both of them have got that and, and yeah and it, it's great the way they have, have little pops at each other I, I I really enjoy that and you've seen Henderson joining with that as well at times they, they weren't the pair of them weren't fans of the linesman by the way no they weren't no, no. they were massively not fans of the linesman like, and I was actually a bit worried wor- I was a little bit worried that they were going to get taught themselves into cards they were going on at them not that much but you know we deserved it like but uh, no I mean Again, those two in your side, you know, we've got so much to be to be positive about about this Liverpool side. This is my thing because we don't know how this season unfolds. But you know, so many times over the years, you know, everyone around the table will will remember it that we build an half decent side, we put in an half decent challenge, and then we fall off the map again. And this this side's not going away. They're all on long term contracts. We've seen little, you know, people try and have little nibbles about how oh, he might go there and he might go there, and the club are closing it down straight away. And and the, you know, they're tying them all up to long-term contracts. As I say, you've got kids coming through as well, relatively young side. You know, whatever happens, Liverpool, are, are, from what I can see, are consistently finishing in the Champions League spots, going deep into the Champions League, challenging for a title. And this is this is what's needed to happen for a long, long time because too often it's been a one-off and then they fall off a cliff. 
and as I've said it loads of times and I'm quite happy to repeat myself the the one that sticks in the craw massively for me is that Liverpool weren't around to take advantage when everyone was shit and Leicester won the league because imagine the points that they win the league on that season is ridiculous you know, you've got to be average. 81, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be averaging. Eight, well, I think they ended on 81, but I think they were actually crowned on yeah, 77. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so Liverpool, the average the average across the Premier League history, I think, is 85, 86, if you're average out across all the seeds. But obviously, it's going higher and higher now. You know, the level, that the bar of City is ridiculous. Liverpool have stayed in touch. They'll stay in touch next season. They're not going away. And this is why, you know, when we're singling out these players, you, you just feel like a bit of, you know, you talk about Robertson, you talk about Van Dijk, and you feel a bit of pride about them, don't you? Because you're watching them week in, week out. You're watching them get and better they, on your yeah, watch. And the top level footballers. It's like, you know, we had a chat on Talking Reds before about Phil Neville saying on Match of the Day, there's no one better than Robertson at left back in Europe. And then, uh, you know, you, you unrolled your unbelievable European knowledge there ah. for everyone, um, which was fantastic. But... But but it, that's great though, isn't it? That, I mean, regardless of whether it's Phil Neville and he's a bit of a blurt at times, to have people talking about mm. our players in this manner, and you know, you've got a top manager, top goalie, top centre half, top left back, great players in midfield, brilliant front three, and we're all enjoying ourselves as well. Again, look, look at the spine, Robert. These well, are great that, times. That, 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 that's that's that spine there, and Van Dijk. I mean, the Van Dijk thing. I mean, I've just never seen centre half with with. Seemingly no weaknesses. I mean, you talk about great centre-halves and people would say Ferdinand and Vidic, but Vidic, I mean, I think Benitez went on record as saying, turn Vidic round, get him turned round, yeah. and there's a weakness, Torres exploited that. I just don't see the Van Dijk weakness at all. Yes, he'll make the odd mistake, as apparently is human, but, you know, you don't see mistakes. You don't see much, week in week. Yeah. You, don't, you hardly see any. The Robinson thing, I think, dead interesting. I thought he was great off the ball yesterday. I think yeah. on the ball, there was one or two where... There were, it's kept into his game the last few weeks. He's been a little bit careless in possession, but again off the ball, he was great and, and such a threat down that left the hand movements, side. It's the movement when you yeah. say off the ball, it's not just like the idea that they've got it. It's his movements. It's Absolutely. the way in which he just makes runs, creates space. If he doesn't get it the first time, he'll go back in, get himself back on side, make it again, maybe get it then. But if not, if you're playing right mid or right side at centre half or right back for Burnley, you like it. Hang on, someone's responsible <laughs> for this. Can someone stop this from happening to me? Because this fella's really distracting but, but you me. You know, you know the one that he, he could have scored but doesn't score and he's had a bit of a laugh about with Mane and then it turned into one of them weird newspaper stories but he, um, they were practising that you know because I, for once I got to the ground like really early and just thought I'll go in and just watch them knocking the ball around like he used two years ago and they enjoyed it by the way it was good you should all try it um, <laughs> but they were practising that they were practising that Robertson arriving late in the box and having a, having a, a shot near post and, and, and so it's a thing that he's arriving there all those times and it's a thing that he obviously wants to score he's, he's the table well, to score gets one apart from yeah. last ditch fantastic block towards the end of the game he would have had his goal yeah. wouldn't he so well, well I noticed uh, Robertson looked a bit knackered as well towards the end, end of the game I thought, I, I thought at one point we were like thinking I thought, thought he'd done something because he looked a bit like he was in pain a bit like, I don't know whether it was like up towards the energy he puts into yeah. games that was oh, phenomenal yeah, it's unbelievable look, I'd love to have a bit of his energy what he has he, the week. he, he, he would have boxed that half marathon win though no? do you know what I mean <laughs> he did it you know <laughs> that's why he looked knackered ran it first thing went, went down yeah. played moved all that when you talk about how good this side is Joel historically this is a historically good 30 games from Liverpool it's as good as 87-88 um 
it is absolutely crazy. It shows the 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 level that this side's at. You know, it, it has not been. Liverpool have never had a side that's gone through thirty games uh, with as many points as these lads. Um, that they're not top is because there's another fantastic team in the league, and we've got to you know got to acknowledge that they got themselves a win at the weekend. But that's how good this team is. It's absolutely crazy. Well, unlike the three of you in this room. I was on the rounds when we last won the league. I mean, whether you remember it or not in full detail is another matter, but you, you, you're right. And no, as, as I alluded to before, you know, in, in the job that I do on, on stats is that I'm always regularly looking at like where we are. And even from my own perspective, is that I've never known as Liverpool side as good as this. Just for consistency, for the assurance that, yeah, we're going to win games or we're going to do this today or we're going we're to be in for this title right until the end, whether we win it or not. It's another matter, but. You know, I'm looking at all these plays and thinking, you know, I can't think now of a better spine than what we've got. Even the 08 team, you know, that's the players that we had then, and you compare them to this lot, and this lot now at the minute, they're blowing them out the water. You know, we're, we're, whatever your viewpoints are in the, in yep. the room, I'd like to know, but like, I'm just looking at it, just thinking, God, how, how are we? The great side that we've got, we're just not even, we're not further ahead, and that's how good Man City are. Is and that I think it's also made up against something that's just a phenomenon. Saying that before, Joel, you know, I think the manager's known he's coming up against this, and that's why he's made the decisions he's made. I think we can't. I think the one thing I would say is, yeah, it's hugely frustrating that this Liverpool side isn't isn't eight points clear, and we're not all having a massive party and, and thinking it's all going to come together. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there is a flip side that it's Man City who've driven this Liverpool side mm-hmm. on. That's why we play the way we play through the autumn, just getting wins, hanging in there. It's why we come alive in December. It's when Klopp's put his chips down on the energy of the lads to get them on a great run. Then you know what I mean. I think sometimes yeah. you've got to say. You know, it might be that if this Man City side didn't exist, we might have five points less. But because they do, this Liverpool side's going toe to toe with them. This is this is a side taking itself right out of its comfort zone and going toe to toe. Well, he was talking about it, wasn't he? After Wolves, what was it he said after Wolves? I need 105 points. I mean, the, the other thing for me as well is that you know, if you analyse like how it's all worked out since Jurgen Klopp come here and the things he was saying then compared to the things he was saying now. You know, it still comes to mind for me every time we concede a goal at Anfield, the difference. So, it, you know, because it, it's not very long ago where we conceded a goal and collectively the players, the supporters, everyone just went, oh, fucking hell. And like, that's it. It happens under Palace, Klopp. It happens under Palace in his well, first defeat. His, his first defeat, yeah. Well, I, I pulled the quotes on it before and he says, hey, 82 minutes, game over. I turn round, felt pretty alone at this moment. We have to decide when it's over. That's what Liverpool are doing now. And, and you look at, you know, conceding first at Anfield. We can see first to Arsenal, we swat them 5-1. We can see first to Palace, we beat them 4-3. We can see first to Burnley, we beat them 4-2. There's a pattern here that, mm. you know, you call it what you want, character, mentality, you know, they've got it. This side, this group of players, the manager has got them into the place that he wanted to. Because I remember that, that around that Palace game as well, back then, 2015, he talked about how he saw heads go down, he talked about yeah. the wrong body language. And you could see, and it was right. You know, there was a thing in the ground then of, oh, fucking hell. Well, everyone got, I think his thing about 82 was that everyone was getting off. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Palace made it 2 1, and loads of people just, yeah, just walked straight out. Yeah. yeah. Walk straight out. You wouldn't do that now, would you? You wouldn't see that now because you trust this side and you can sense that trust in the ground. I mean, I didn't think it was like raucous or mad or anything like that yesterday. It was never going to be for twelve, despite all the appeals. But it was all right. It was yeah. positive. Yeah. You know, there were. You know, Joel said before, you always get little pockets. Of I thought it was good at three two. 
It was Sam. Wasn't I was it? really happy with it. You know, genuinely, I thought the only little, there was a little bit. I thought where they yeah, got down course. the wing, Just they got down yeah. the wing, and, and like I think everyone was sensing obviously that there's going to be a cross coming in. And it was a bit like and crouches on the pitch, and you were a bit like, oh. and there was a little bit of a uh, moment, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like we saw it against Leicester. Where it's not like we've seen in the past. Yeah, and so I think in general that that says about where we are and, and that people are calm and and look maybe. It, th- there is a difference. I thought it was interesting that Robertson, you know, says what he says in that interview with him the other week about you know around the people who who are watching the side regularly, home and away, and and, and seeing it because I think if, if you are doing that, you can't really fault them. You can't. I, I I don't I don't know how you emerge from what they've done after thirty games and, and be finding great fault about what they've done. It's exactly the opposite. You should be praising them to the rafters. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if we're up there for the most points won from losing positions. We this are, season. we are, we got the most points from yeah. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So that just shows you, you know, three times there we've gone behind the field this season, won all three. Not like oh we drew two two and you know won one or whatever. No, we've won all three. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. In this day, it, at this moment, it doesn't matter if we go behind the field because it's like, right, we went behind, and you even saw Klopp as soon as they went behind, he's turning around to the main stand, going, "Come on, yeah, never mind that. Come on, let's forget it now. We've got eighty-four minutes to turn this game around." You know, that just shows that we're not beaten. Uh, Bayern Munich next. Ian, it's actually tough to pick a side. Uh, from three plays, said before, uh, would suspect uh, the goalkeeper and the back four is the same. Mm. Uh, you'd expect Fabinho to play, but my, the manager does go out of his way to say that he thinks that Wijnaldum looks tired, which might be a bit of, bit of toffee for Bayern Munich, or it might be that he's actually already thinking, might not be able to run Genie again here. Yeah, possibly so. I mean, you're right to say, I don't think there'll be any other changes to the back four uh, or the front three unless there's an injury we're not aware of I think the midfield one is the one that you think how's he going to go I mean I think if Wijnaldum is fit I wouldn't be surprised to see him go Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Henderson and I know some people won't like that and it's not necessarily what I'd do because I think you could maybe do it an attack on player in there and I think you know, Kaiser will be the obvious shout because he was showing some really good form and obviously he plays against Bournemouth does really well doesn't feature at Old Trafford so I'd probably be in that camp to have more of an attacking third player in that midfield but I think if everyone's fit I wouldn't be surprised if the manager goes for being a one-album Henderson Do you think he might do something in the back four? Yeah I think uh, Dagsy Rads again yeah. I think Dagsy will Rads again He's played for so long I know but I've just got this feel, and He's lashed it back in before Yeah he has he, that, He's done it before I've got a feeling Dagsy comes in for this I think Keita will start but yeah Who do you think Keita starts in place of? I think possibly Genie and then you're, having, you're looking at poss- Oh no hang on Henderson never started yesterday, did he? Um, I think either Henderson or Kate are coming for Genie. I think, I think it wouldn't surprise me if both of them come in. Yeah. And one of them comes in for Lallana, one of them comes in for Genie. The other thing I think he might do, uh, he might do, is he might move for Benio as a centre half um, if he can't get Lovren on the pitch. Uh, but I've thought that before, and he's not done it. So what do I know? Um, what do you think? But he might have the he might have in his head that Fabinho plays centre half against him in the first leg, and he and he, and he might mm. think he's got he's got the knowledge. What do you think he'll do? I don't know. I, I think it goes with the solidity that that Ian's talking about the one that the one that people don't like because uh, I, I think you know there's a lot of talk about about Bayern being sort of sp- a spent force and finished and yeah. all the rest of it. And then turns out they were true. That is it. Yeah, turns out they were all right. Top of the league now in the top of the league, league yeah. on goal difference now. They've won the last three. They won on Saturday six nil. They won the game before five one. Um, they're all right, you know. Uh, they're all right, you know. And and, and like I seen a, I seen a piece from Mark Otty this morning as well, and he was saying that. You know, should they progress, they'd probably be sort of like third favourites to win the Champions mm-hmm. League. And, and so this idea that the mugs, they're not, they're not at all, they're not at all. And and, and you know, it's a, we're away from home, aren't we? Yeah. So you know, of course we need to go and win it. 
but it's a, it's one where we need to just nick. But we don't. We need yeah. to win the game, do we? Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I think because he'll know the first twenty, you're going to be mad. And, yeah. and they're going to come at us. I think I don't think they'll go. Do you think they're going to come at us? I don't think they're going to go hell for leather. I, 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 I think they'll be conscious of of us picking them off. But I think they'll have a a big fifteen twenty where they, a little bit I, th- more, I think they'll test think. us. I think the cra- home crowd will demand I think that. At some point they'll have a. At some point they'll have like a big five, a big ten. I just think mm. they'll think. We do not want to leave gap in behind because we mm. concede one with these runners. If he, mm. if he unleashes, you know, the Guardiola quote, what are you going to do when Klopp unleashes his yeah. runners on you? Well, that that's what they'll be thinking. Yeah. I think there's a difference between, you know, going hell for leather, but, but also being attacking. So I think they'll be attacking without committing everyone forward because they don't need to do that and they'll be conscious of Liverpool on they the break. They were very but, safe at Anfield, but, weren't but, they? Yeah, but, but let's be, no, you mentioned it there. The record in this competition is phenomenal. Yeah. This, this is Bayern Munich at home, by the way. The, the fans <laughs> expect a certain level yeah. of performance. So I don't think they'll be going to be going and thinking, fucking hell, we're against Liverpool, we better just sit back and not attack. Yes, they'll be conscious that Liverpool can hit them on the break because they'll have seen what we've done to other teams mm-hmm. in European games. So absolutely. But I think you'll see a different Bayern Munich. And I think that's why the manager will think... I want to be solid early doors and then I've got options from the bench. Don't get me wrong, I think I'd, I'd look at it slightly differently, but I think that's what he'll do well, if everyone's fit. Six of the last seven seasons, I think, they've got to the semis. Yeah. yeah. They haven't been knocked out at this stage since 2011. That was against the Rain and Champions Europe, isn't there? So, I mean, they're a big set of lads. Look, we saw that at Anfield. They play very well. They were happy with the draw, they got out of it. But my concern is, is if it did go to extra time on Wednesday, I think it benefits them more than us because we've got the more taxing games coming enough. Yeah. I don't know if we're buying a plane on the weekend if they are playing on the weekend, but I think for them they'd be happy to like although they have they've got their own title to win. I think for them it suits their game plan more if it does go deep. Whereas us I think we we'd tire a lot quicker and I think we you know we'd have to be a lot more careful about how we go about our game plan. They play, they play Mainz on Sunday, you know. Uh we've got Fulham away. That's mm-hmm. one of them, innit? But I do take your point and also genuinely I, I no one ever because of the away goals thing, no one's quite sure about who's got the advantage in extra time, which I suggest actually gives it a balance. You know, it shouldn't be that a goal maybe counts double, but then the flip side is where you're playing in your ground. So mm-hmm. it is one of them. Um prediction, Gareth, do you think we're gonna we're gonna go through? I think it's dead in the balance. I honestly think it's dead in the balance. I mean, you know, as a Liverpool fan, you always end up giving a prediction that's positive, and it's almost like I don't think I've ever heard someone on the Anfield app say we're going to get beat, <laughs> and I'm not going to be that. Much. Smash four nil. Yeah. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> lads, To be honest with you, um, I'm not going to be the first to do it either. I'm going to say we're going to nick it one nil, um, but I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a tough game, you know, and I think I think it'll be one of the, you know classic sort of. Game of chess and all that cliches, but uh, yeah, I fancy us done never. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel, <laughs> I fancy us to go through on away goals. I said that after the first leg, but if they score first, I'm a bit worried. I'm very worried. I think we're in for a long evening if they score first yeah. because I think it's really difficult for us to pitch our game. I think it, I think it's actually easier for them to pitch their game if we score first. I think it's really hard for us to pitch ours, uh, and I think that's something we've been bad at this season. If you if there's one thing this side needs to learn how to do, it's to pitch the moment a little bit better. And I think in a couple of the, a few of the big away games this season, it's not done it as well as I'd I don't like. forget we've lost our last four Champions League away games in a row, haven't we? So we need to we need to nip down the balls if we're going to go. For them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's
The Reds on away goals. The Reds on away goals. Big last five, that isn't it? Fucking huge last five. Honestly, God, I'm nervous. You're just talking about it. Bag of nerves. That's what you should be though, because it's a Champions League last sixteen game, and they're absolutely brilliant. The Champions League is absolutely brilliant, and Liverpool get to play in it this week, and they get to play in it, and then they get to go top next weekend. Uh, I think they're going to go through, and I think they're going to go top. And that is the Anfield wrap in association with Reds Bet, where fifty percent of your losses, their profits, go to support related causes. Thank you very much to them for partnering with us this year. Thank you to everyone in the studio. It's been the show. Sports Social Podcast Network.